This is Tuesday, April 5th. We're going to go straight to our scripture for today from Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 11. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation. Now, the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians meeting in Rome had a number of purposes. This was a church he did not plant in a place he had not yet visited. And so he wanted to give them a clear statement of the Christian faith so that when he arrived, they would stand in common. They would be singing from the same page. His letter also revealed his purpose to visit them, and it gave them a small glimpse of all he planned to share when he was with them. Now imagine believers separated by hundreds of miles from other believers, longing for fellowship and solid teaching. I remember years ago teaching a course in a federal prison. The place was very secure. I had been equipped with a panic button I could press if at any time I felt I was in danger. Of course, that didn't happen. Actually, the opposite was true. I found believers desperate for fellowship and for a word from God. And when I finished my hour of teaching, they wanted another hour. They asked me when I would be returning. I imagine that's how the believers in Rome must have felt. To have Paul visit them would provide needed comfort and instruction in the faith. Notice what Paul says in these few verses. We encounter the words, While we were still weak, and while we were still sinners, and while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. What Paul is saying is we were weak. We were unable to do anything to save ourselves. We were also living lives apart from God, in opposition to God. He says we were living in defiance of God. He uses the strong word enemies. Yes, we were trapped in lives of sin. So what is the message that he would like them to get? It is that if God has saved them then, if God redeemed us when we were at our worst, we can have the assurance that God remains for us now. We do not need to live in fear that God will abandon us or cast us off. We know that God is for us. We can rest in the fact that God's love is beyond question. We know that our sin well, it won't stop, our, our stop it and our weakness will not impede it. Our hearts will not obstruct it. We are told that we, that we are saved, and it means that we have received salvation for all time. We are finally saved, saved to the end. I remember hearing the story of a woman that married her high school sweetheart. They had a family and raised their children, and one day the man said that his heart had changed. 
Though they had been together for decades, the woman could not believe this was possible. This could happen. And that he would leave and never return. Sadly, he never did return. It just didn't make sense. How could such love fade or fail? Yes, our human loves can. This is one reason we struggle to trust that God's love will never fail. But here's the truth. God's love began when we were at our worst. God gave us His love when we had nothing to offer Him and actually when we stood against Him. He loved us, you could say, when we were dead. His love wasn't activated by our goodness or our lovability. It flows from the nature of our eternal God, the one filled with grace and truth. I love this little section of 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 16. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so, we know and rely on the love God has for us. You see, we have our place with God not because we've loved Him. Though we should love God, this is not the glue that keeps us together. It is what God has done for us in Jesus. Did you hear that second part? Yes, we know and rely on the love God has for us. We don't rely on how we're feeling today. We do not rely on what we've been doing for God. We do not rely on our efforts or our intentions, as good as they may be. We come to rely on His love for us. This is one-way love. And we've been talking about this in our study. It's called grace. Here's teacher Paul Zoll explaining. Grace is love that seeks you out when you have nothing to give in return. Grace is love coming at you that has nothing to do with you. Grace is being loved when you are unlovable. It is being loved when you are the opposite of lovable. Grace is a love that has nothing to do with you, the beloved. It has everything to do with the lover. It has nothing to do with my intrinsic qualities or so-called gifts. It reflects a decision on the part of the giver, the one who loves, in relation to the receiver, the one who is loved, that negates any qualifications the receiver may personally hold. Let's pray. Lord God, as we learn more of your love, teach us how to bathe in it, how to live in it, how to enjoy the status we have in you. To the praise of your grace, we pray. Amen.